Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. You're busy, dude. I, I follow you. It's, you're crazy, man. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do. You like what you hear. Hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. A great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. Discover some new ones. Know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace. Now, he and I had just actually caught up uh, last year. He had uh, just put out a an album with his wife uh, called Moon vs. Sun. He and I spoke about the album they did together and the uh, documentary that came out with it. But this time, we're here specifically, of course, to talk about Our Lady Peace, a band that's been uh, very important, very near to dear to myself uh, throughout uh, the 90s when I discovered them, uh, when we all discovered them during the 90s, uh, well into the 2000s, and still now as they put out such great, interesting, uh, unique rock music. Uh, for me, and, and I hope you don't mind me, me going into the past a little bit here before we get into it. In fact, we're going to spend a lot of time in the past in this interview, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. But uh, I found them, uh, Our Lady Peace, on a compilation. This would have been around 1994-95 when they had uh, just released their debut record, Navid. Uh, it didn't really break here in the U.S. the way it did in Canada. In fact, in Canada, it made them big stars. But thanks to a, a compilation called uh, Modern Rock, 10 of Modern Rock's Best, I found the song Hope, and it sounded otherworldly. Uh, I'm really not trying to overstate that, how interesting and different and just everything about that song sounded. So uh, I, I sought them out. I found that record, Navid. I dove into that. Uh, a few years later, they came out with Clumsy. It had Superman's Dead. It had 4 a.m., which is still one of the greatest songs that uh, happened in the 90s. And then they continued after that one, their third record, Happiness is Not a Fish That You Can Catch. And then a record called Spiritual Machines happened. This was in the year 2000. Immediately, something was different. Something was different. It was a concept record. 
there was this voice that came in and out throughout the record. Uh, I would later find out that was uh, the futurist, Ray Kurzweil. Uh, I would learn a little bit about futurism at the time. Uh, it gave us, uh, the album at least, gave us more hits from the band. Uh, Life, Right Behind You, In Repair, Are You Sad? If you were a fan of the band, this was where you went, hey, this band is great, but also there's something else happening. So that's a little bit of the history of where we pick up with this new interview with Rain Maida. Spiritual Machines 2, they have made a sequel to the 2000 record of the same name. Uh, Rain's going to take us back to the original, how they hooked up with Ray Kurzweil, who had also guested on that album, as I said, and he's on this new version. Uh, we talk about all the predictions that he made that's come true, which is nearly every prediction, as Rain will tell you. The band's plans to have him appear in the upcoming live shows holographically. That's going to be interesting. Uh, Rain's then going to dive into how the new songs speak directly to the tracks from 20 years ago. Uh, the new predictions that Ray talks about for the upcoming future. Uh, him being fascinated by human behavior, his thoughts on simulation and singularity and also having founding guitarist Mike Turner back on the record. Spiritual Machines was Mike's last album with the band, but he's back on this one too. All that, let's do this. Spiritual Machines 2, it's Kyle Meredith with Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace. Hey, great to be here, Kyle. Yeah, welcome back. We uh, we were just doing this, I think, less than a year ago at this point. I mean, it was just like, what, nine months ago that we got to talk? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was uh, I mean, if, gosh... It's it's like we're in a uh, time warp, but it goes so quickly with this whole thing. It's crazy. It does. Well, when we had spoken last time, you had uh, told me that you were already uh, at work, uh, maybe even finishing at that point, the new Our Lady Peace album, which was a sequel to the 99 record, uh, Spiritual Machines. So we, now we've got Spiritual Machines 2, and it's it's done. It's here. It's done. It is. Yeah. I mean, we've put out a couple songs already. There's another one coming. I, yeah, it. It's a bit of a juggernaut for us. It just feels like um, at, at, I don't know at, at what point we thought we would we would tackle like such a big subject again. But I guess 20 years in, because we based the book off of Ray, Ray Kurzweil's infamous The Age of Spiritual Machines, which is you know a lot of futurist predictions. Um, this is back in 2000. And it just felt like, you know what, the time was right to maybe go back and see what Ray got right and what he got wrong. And I want to give it all away, but... He's not a dumb man. He got everything right, to be honest. He 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 put a percentage on it, but what even what he got wrong was based on the fact that timing. Like he 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 thinks he got you know um, self-driving cars wrong, but we have them. He was just a few years you know um, ahead of it, and um, so it's it's funny. But he the great thing about this this new record and the sequel is he makes um, a bunch of new predictions for the next twenty or thirty years, which is. Uh, almost as fascinating in terms of what he sees the future holding. And I, I'm going to hit on those too, because um, there's a few specifically that I, I'm really interested in. But but I do want to back up though and, and start there because, as you said, 20 years ago, uh, a little over 20 years ago now with Spiritual Machines, uh, first off, what you're referencing, according to the press release anyway, uh, Spiritual Machines had 147 predictions, 86% of them were correct. Again, that's the according to that. 147 predictions is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. Crazy. But, but we've seen them happen in, in real time, which is fascinating. Like things like, you know, he talked about the ability to replace a knee, like a knee replacement to a hip replacement to, I just shared something the other day, like um, like cochlear ear plants. Like, so someone that's born deaf, all of a sudden giving a chance to, to hear again through these 
these incredible cochlear implants. So um, things like that. Obviously, a big issue with Ray Kurzweil is singularity. Shared another thing the other day. I can't remember where, you know, it was one of those Twitter things where someone shared to share to share. But it wasn't Boston um, uh, Dynamics, which is that robotic cool robotic place out of Boston, but this was a, uh, this was like next level robotics for me where the, the robot had, you know, all the little minutia, facial movements, uh, expression, um, really fluid body. I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, we are so close to this happening. So if you can remember back then, I, I was looking at the landscape, the musical landscape. And when you all put out that record, this was right after, Radiohead had put out OK Computer right around the same time that Bush put out the science of things. I mean, there yeah. was definitely something in the air. What was attracting you to um, futurism at the time? I, I think technology was just starting to take hold on so many fronts. And and even, you know, very personally on the music side, you know, right. All of a sudden you had these platforms come about. Um, we were using like a radar platform, I think, on spiritual machines, maybe where it was you're recording to digital. All of a sudden you were recording to like two inch tape and the ability to edit sampling i mean ray kurzweil invented the first keyboard but but sampling technology and it, it was just all there was this big intersection you know right around then where you're really starting to see that stuff in the studio take it on the road i had a little digital a track that i kept in the back of our bus in the lounge and would just demo things on my own and it was just starting starting to feel like okay technology is caught up to um the arts and we're obviously starting to see it in in real life in different places as well so it I think anyone that had a sense of it and enjoyed it started to maybe look a little bit towards the future. And then when that book came about, it was just like, okay, we need to, we need to pay attention to this. It's interesting too, to look at that because that was a turning point for the band is the right word, but it, it felt, it did find the band, uh, you all doing something completely different, uh, you know, coming, coming from the album previously before that. I don't think I realized that at the time, like I was in it, I was a fan, I was there and everything, but it didn't like, I, I wasn't as shook up as I think it probably was in the grander landscape. What I'm getting to is drawing the parallel to now. I mean, listening to spiritual machines too, uh, this new record, it once again, finds you all taking this grand detour sound wise. I love it. I'm glad you say that. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was something we needed to do. And I think we needed to do it with the first one with spiritual machines one. It's it just, um, yeah, I, I, we've never been a band to repeat ourselves, probably to a detriment, but it's just, it's never like that. We, we kind of capture a moment in time and then that thing is bottled up. Now we need to create something different. So it would, you know, the fact that spiritual machines too allowed us to do that. Um, and then I credit a lot to Dave Siddick who were able to pull in rope in to produce the record. And Dave is just same, same page. You know, he's always been, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm like, Dave is kind of the, the leader of TV on the radio. Uh, as well as a producer, um, TV on the radio, probably, you know, one of my top three bands all, of all time. And they've always been able to use technology. Um, well, they've, they've been able to find great balances of like organic sounds with sampled sounds and drum programming. And that and that's a lot of that is Dave, obviously. So he was able to really challenge the band, I think, in ways that we haven't been as well ever in our career. So this record sounds probably most different than anything we've ever done I, I would agree with that when you were writing the songs did you understand how they were going to sound I mean it, I don't know the conversations that you were having with Dave at the time or did that come later yeah I mean it was interesting because we had to make it over the lockdown so all these things were um, maybe for some other people barriers for us became 
like really great moments to explore and be creative. Cause I would, I would send something like a song like wish you well, it was a demo on acoustic. I put a beat to it, a couple little things, but I knew, I, I know this wasn't the direction. It was just more of like, Hey, I just want to capture this moment right now. I knew this. I really liked the melodies and, and the lyric and everything, but send it to Dave. I don't know. 10 days later, he sends me a track back. It sounds nothing like it, but I was like, Oh my God, this is wish you well. And so all of a sudden I got to just be a singer. Like literally I got to be excited about, okay, I'm in my studio now. I'm just going to put up the vocal mic and I'm going to sing this. And that when you're in a band, uh, especially I take a lot of production duties on an engineer and I, I like to get in there. This was so, um, I don't know, it's just an, an enlightening to just be a singer again. And Dave, Dave really kind of like afforded me that opportunity. And every time I put up a track, when he'd send something back, I just be like, Holy shit, who is this guy? Like he's able to just totally to like deconstruction take everything away and build it back up where it still keeps the integrity of what we're trying to do, like in terms of the emotion, but it sounds very futuristic. And I think he knew it. He's, he's, he's that guy as well. He looks to the future and, and follows a lot of these futures as well. I mean, I can remember the very first time I heard TV on the radio, as you were pointing out, uh, with their song, the golden age, which probably yeah. was their second, third record. I can't remember, but uh, like right then, like you knew you were hearing something well beyond and he calls it, even when we started work, first started working together, because we did do Stop Making Stupid People Famous before COVID. So we were actually up at a studio in Glendale and, and it was kind of more the traditional, you know, producing a song for a band. He's like, yeah, this is, this for you guys needs to sound like future rock. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Let's, let's do it. Uh, I just, I'd love, you know, he said it. I, I just love that he coined that term for us, like future rock. It just really, it had, um, it just kind of it was the essence of what we were trying to do and i know that if we even if we were to try to distill that to do it ourselves it would ne never happen well it's it's a perfect marriage i mean I'm, I'm really loving what you all landed on uh in your in your recipe uh as it were but but at what point then did you realize that you know you were going to be writing the sequel what point did you realize it was time to take a, a tackle that because that didn't come automatically right no, it, you know, we did that first song with Dave and then it really just came into focus, like with with the direction of the album, probably probably some before you said about the first song, like just your take on it or this that first album. Like it was a big shift for us and it just felt like timing wise in the band's life um, career journey, like we needed another big shift. And so when we kind of put the two and to get two together, I got excited because, you know, we're able to get Ray Kurzweil back on the record. Even so much as we're we're literally about to film some um, uh, holographic stuff with him, so he's going to join us on the road holographically, which is kind of cool. Wow! Yeah, it just plays to the whole future element, but yeah, just sonically as well. Like we really wanted to do this, and um, I, you know, for whatever reason, because Dave signed on just to work with us on that first single, "Stop Making Stupid People Famous," we're like, this is the guy to do it, so we have to do it now. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. 
Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The, the cool trick is, and, and I didn't instantly realize this, I mean, not until I read about it, was that, it, or for what it sounds like anyway, a lot of the songs are either answers to the original album or continuations to the original album. Even the way one ends and the next one begins, I was looking at that because, you know, you end with the wonderful future. And there it is, the wonderful future yeah. <laughs> for what that's become. Um, and then the album starts with a message. We've got a long, long way to go. Yeah. I mean, how, how much of that was planned, at, you know, song versus song in that way? Yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, in, in, a, in a day and age where people use technology to not listen to whole albums or skip and, and create their own playlists, I loved the, you know, we just had the attention and, and mindset and, and maybe thoughtfulness to like connect these things for real. Um, even going to, well, you know, what's interesting is you see, ending with the wonderful future, um, not with that word prophecies at all, but what's really interesting about the new album and raise predictions is that I kind of look at, you know, I, I'm sure we all do when we think about the future, it is even you kind of had that look on your face. Like it's very dystopian. Like we're, you know, and obviously a lot of it's dictated by film and, and, and television shows. I mean, I just watched, what was it called? Um, something on Apple TV. Um, but it's, you know, another alien invasion, right. And, and it's, it's dark and everything's on fire. But Ray's predictions and Ray's view of like what technology will do, it's much more uplifting. Like it is, it, I'm not going to say it's a wonderful future, but it's very different to what my perception and I think most people's perception of the future is. His is positive. It's like things like UBI. I, put, I, I wrote that one down, by the way, universal basic income. By the way, he says by the 2030s, like we're, yeah. we're already right. knocking on that door. A hundred percent. Things like the, you know, poverty and food sources and even like my wife would kill me. We've had these like arguments. I'm like, I, I'm not a climate change denier by any means, but if technology can help expedite the, the retrieval or like clawing back of like our climate and helping fix it, then that's not a bad thing. Of course, I drive a freaking leaf. I take my shopping bags to, to the grocery store, but it's probably not enough, you know? So if technology can help really, really dig in there, then yeah. And, and Ray, Ray thinks it will. He'll think, you know, just by, just by virtue of changing our food source um, for what technology would do with that, you get rid of all the, the farming. And obviously that helps the ozone layer. And, and this, this, these things are all our triggers for other things. So I just found it really fascinating because even, even on the music side, it's not specifically dark. Like it has, has tips to it it's it's much more rhythmic which makes it feel a little bit lighter because you can kind of like move your body to it and dance a bit so um th there's a lot of synergy there which is pretty amazing i mean it it's a dance album uh, a few yeah. times it happens exactly <laughs> our lady peace makes a dance album but yeah i, I don't I, let's see here uh wish you well a continuation of are you sad um yeah and, you know things i've also read too holes apparently even looks all the way back to superman's dead is that true yeah yeah i mean it, it definitely comes from that same inspiration i think uh you know fast forward like 25 years but yeah it has ties there for sure that's interesting because that album itself will be celebrating 25 years in 2022 so <laughs> crazy <laughs> just the timing is it's, it's I mean, at some point, this all starts happening anyway. It's like it's another five-year anniversary, right? Yeah. 
I um I didn't actually know if these two. So before I knew about all of that, before I knew that the you actually were sort of directly relating. Uh, when I heard stop making stupid people famous and I started thinking about it in the context, my first thought was everyone's a junkie uh, because of the everyone's a junkie. And then just this sort of the, which is about something else, but I'm I'm really just going for the titles there. And then the stop making stupid people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't like, it's hard to, to pinpoint like musically, but thematically, definitely. It was like trying to find those touch points where, where are we now? Like, cause, cause Ray, you know, we look back on Ray stuff, but it kind of forced me to look back even on my own lyrics. And, and so, you know, everyone's a junkie is about buying into what, what quickly became like our screens, our personal screens. Right. And just being trapped by these things and, and the ability to create fame or I don't know, um, awareness or whatever clout, whatever you want to call it um, became not only disposable, but um, just magnified, right? You know, it was like, you can't get away from things now where before you could just kind of turn the TV off. Like back in 2000, I w- it was pretty easy to do that. Now it's it's like this burden we all carry. Um, so yeah, Stop Making Stupid People Famous thing is really probably, it's like, that's what's happened. That's the result of everyone's a junkie, you know? And I think I hopefully didn't want to get too, um, I don't know, too uh too heavy with it i think you know the fact that it's a little bit dancier and a little bit tongue-in-cheek hopefully i think i probably laughed out loud the first time i heard it just because that's not what i expected from you it's <laughs> you know it's uh i mean it, you know obviously the david byrne and talking head influence is there and i think even the way you know byrne approaches some of his lyrics as well he's a very clever guy but never made you feel like you know um he's talking above you yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting balance too. what you're talking about with with what Ray is putting here, which is futurism. He's looking to the future, but it allows you to once again take stock of everything that's happening in the present. And it's in a big picture way. I mean, even when considering a title album title, like healthy and paranoid times, you know, it's like this seems to always be a lane that you've excelled in taking stock of the big picture uh, of right now. I don't know if you can pinpoint uh, as you said where that comes from but you do it well i'm so fascinated by it by by the moments and i think you know i I always consider myself like i was always a kid in school like sitting in the corner just watching and and like taking mental notes of like human interaction and um you know how people solve problems how those problems arise in the first place you know so there's a there's a you know, I took criminology in college as well. So there's, there's something about the psychology of trying to just figure out our brains, you know, and, and why we are, how we are. And so I think that stuff really lays a lot of the foundation for where I start with, with concepts and lyrics and um, futurism just always plays in that because it gives you a chance or at least like um, a dangle of hope that you can fix things or you can change things, you know? Um, So that, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of given it away, I guess. Well, then I will ask a, a very left turn left question with everything that you just said. Do you think we're living in a simulation? <laughs> no, I don't. And I, um, uh, yeah, I, I heard an explanation that um, I can't, I can't repeat it. Uh, I can't even paraphrase it to where it'll make sense. But no, I, I don't. I think, I think that's coming, hundred percent. But I really? don't think we. Yeah. Something more Matrix style, maybe uh, somewhere down. No, I. I, I think it'll actually be what what someone even like Elon or whoever is professing where it's like we can't even tell 
I think right now we can tell because, um, you know, even by the, by virtue of talking about, I, again, I wish it, it was one of those, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. The, the science guy, the new, you know, um, Bill Nye, but even smarter anyway. Um, sorry, I digress, but yeah, it, there, there's, there's a few tells in what we're doing now that shows that we're not in a simulation, but we see what's happening. I mean, we see what's going on with metaverse and, uh, singularity stuff's going to get very real, very quickly. Interesting times, uh, I would actually say. Uh, one thing I, I really want to quickly bring up, too, uh, that we didn't talk about, because uh, of all the looking back, uh, a lot of uh, OLP fans, longtime OLP fans, were excited to learn that uh, that Mike Turner uh, is on this record. And and I got to tell you, I will admit, that was one of the first things, the first curiosities I had when I heard you were making a sequel. I was like, I don't know your relationship with your, your old band members. Right, but I had right. wondered, as like, what does that mean? Did, does, does he ask any of them to come back? And, and, and here we have Mike. What's the story on that? Well, Mike, Mike was the one that brought that book into the studio and we were just starting to write for a new record before it was even Spiritual Machines. And so um, he's always he's always been on, on that kind of level in terms of his thinking and, you know, very kind of abstract. Uh, I always enjoyed him for that. And the conversations we used to have are, are, were always fascinating. So really, at the end of the day, I, I, don't, I don't think we could have made this record without including Mike, you know, to some extent. So um He's on uh, the recording of it. And we're even talking about you know, the potential where, you know, we tour, you know, I, I think it just, again, um, he's, he's, he's such an intrinsic part of spiritual machines that we couldn't avoid that. And, and we don't want to anyway. And I do talk to Mike, you know, Duncan sees him in Toronto uh, once in a while. And yeah, it's all good. What, what, uh, you just talked about doing a lot of this over Zoom. Was that one of the things, like, did you just kind of ship him some songs and he put some parts to it? I mean, how did that work? We tried a different, th- we tried actually, you know, we we um, we got into some different musical themes, um, even outside of Spiritual Machines. Mike had sent me a song that, I guess, just in his spare time, from the Spiritual Machine sessions that never made it, and he kind of um, reimagined it and sent to me, and and um, and I sang on it, and it, it it was like this very organic, and and I don't think he even knew that we were uh, rec- we recording or doing Spiritual Machines too. But it was kind of uncanny that he just kind of sent that song. We started having a dialogue about it and, and talking about some of the past things. And then it was like, hey, you know what? Let's let's just table this right now because we're we're in the throes of of finishing spiritual machines. But you know, it'd be great if you want to like contribute. So yeah, a lot of stuff obviously was over Zoom. Um, he would just send some tracks back and forth. I ended up mixing the stuff that he did uh, and and adding Ray to it. And yeah, it was it's it's uh I don't know I I. I I look back on the fact that this, the record in general, Ray's future, futurist leanings for the next 20 or 30 years, everything's really positive. And I think having Mike involved, it just increases that positivity as well. Well, uh, I do love the direction you all are going. I love the future that you all are creating. If I want to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, as, as you said in our last interview too, just setting yourself up for a trilogy 20 more years from now. I mean, that's pretty optimistic in oh, itself. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm, you know, I, I think if anybody's going to be around, it's Ray, the, um, uh, you know, just a quick side story. Like Mike and I had dinner with them in Toronto. We came, uh, spent a few days with us in the studio. And when it, the first time we went out for dinner, he said, I'm not going to freak you guys out, but I'm just going to take this out. And, you know, the pill boxes your grandmother have had like seven days has had like a hundred of those little things. And he goes, try not to pay attention, but just over the course of our meal, I'm going to 
take pills. He probably took a hundred pills over the three hour dinner we had. So he's on to some new shit, obviously that, that we don't know. Um, and so, yeah, when you talk about who's around to do this 20 years from now, uh, my bets, Ray Kurzweil will be here above any of us. Maybe he won't have to be like one of the little Futurama heads in the, uh, the glass thing. He's actually going to figure it out beyond that. That's, Oh that's yeah. He'll, he'll be buff and, and, you know, <laughs> four minute miles. Rain, it's always a great time to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this again. Uh, I'm so excited about this new record. So congratulations on it. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. It's always a pleasure, man. All right. We will see you around um, hopefully on this tour too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Uh, we're, we're, we're really excited about the, um, like this whole Ray thing, doing the hologram and having it. And even though, you know, the, even the, how we're going to build the set for this tour, we, we've never really taken this much attention to it. It's going to be pretty interesting. I think people will dig it. It's going to, it's going to, hopefully you'll do what you said about the record. Cause I feel like this is such a leap forward for us, even on a live front. Now it's like, we need to do that. We need to make a statement where it just feels like someone comes to the show and, and regardless of like budgets, they're just like, I've never seen a show like that. So we'll see. My thanks to Rain. The new Our Lady Peace record is called Spiritual Machines 2. If you look further back in this series, wherever you're listening to the Kyle Meredith with podcast from, uh, check it out. Uh, my other interview with Rain that we uh, talked about a little bit uh, a little bit in this interview, uh, Moon vs. Sun. You can uh, you can uh, search Kyle Meredith, uh, Moon vs. Sun, Kyle Meredith, Rain Meta, whatever it is, uh, that you'll find the video version on YouTube and uh, learn about that project as well if you missed that interview the first time around. So thanks to Rain. Thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. Again, the uh, the uh, the three episodes a week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. Uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like, follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. That's smart, right? Yeah. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. 